Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, August the 5th, 2020. We are reading from the big book, continuing our study of the doctor's opinion on page XXVII, six paragraphs down, many years ago, reading through two paragraphs, ending with the gates of death and commenting on both paragraphs. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Kim T, 12 Traditions, Anita L, and readers of the text, Harlan G, Wendy M, and Katie G. The reference numbers for Tuesday, August the 4th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 15099, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 15100. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kim T to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, this is Kim T. Um, Number one, we admitted we are powerless over over food that our lives had powerless over alcohol that our food excuse me over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being that the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Kim T. And Anita L. will read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Anita. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, recovered today. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Have anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. 
Today, we resume our study of the doctor's opinion. We are on page XXVII, starting with the sixth paragraph many years ago, reading through two paragraphs, ending with the gates of death, and commenting on both. Harlan G., would you get us started, please? Thank you, Lynn. I'd be very happy to. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Many years ago, one of the leading contributors to this book came under our care in this hospital. And while here, he acquired some ideas which he put into practical application at once. Later, he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients here, and with some misgiving, we consented. The cases we have followed through have been most interesting. In fact, many of them are amazing. The unselfishness of these men as we have come to know them, the entire absence of profit motive, and their community spirit is indeed inspiring to one who has labored long and wearily in this alcoholic field. They believe in themselves and still more in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. Well, we're taking a look here at Bill Wilson, and he is a patient at the town's hospital. And between, he's going to be admitted to the town's hospital three times, as it's related in the big book. And in the third time he's, he's admitted to the hospital, he was approached before the third time, sorry, he was approached by Ebby Thatcher. And Ebby introduced Bill to the Oxford Group Six-Step Program. He introduced Bill to the Oxford Group, and he introduced him to the meetings, to Sam Shoemaker, to their method of altruism. But, and this is a big but, a big caveat, Bill was still drinking at the time. Bill is going to be admitted in December, December 11th, 1934, for the third time to the town's hospital. But something is going to be very, very different. On the 15th of December, 1934, on that morning, Bill is going to have a spiritual experience after having worked through the steps the day before, except for step 12. He's going to be working the steps and he's going to have a spiritual experience but something else is going to happen he is going to now understand firsthand the vital nature of working with others as he had been worked with and he's going to start talking to some of these patients now let's take a look at what it says here it says Later, he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients here, and with some misgiving, we consented. They didn't want him doing this. He wasn't a doctor. He wasn't a counselor. He wasn't a professional in the field. Towns Hospital was the most expensive drying out place in the world. It was, on average, for a five-day stay, between $200 and $350 for five days. In those days, that was an incredible amount of money, and they would not even admit you unless you could guarantee payment. So here's Bill Wilson talking to these guys kind of offhandedly, and he is reaching them in a way that the doctors and the counselors at Towns Hospital cannot touch. Why is that? Because Bill spoke 
and understood the language of the heart. And by giving of himself, he helped himself and he helped them. Let's take a look at the last sentence here. They believe in themselves. In other words, they believe that they have a message. The guys like Bill Wilson, uh, uh, Hank Parkhurst, Fitz Mayo, and still more in the power. Notice power is capitalized here. They're talking about God, which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. So they were very, very confident that if the drunks at the town's hospital would adopt this way of living, this spiritual way of living through the Oxford group. There was no there was no AA at that time yet. If these guys would come into the Oxford group, they too could have their alcoholism arrested and they could recover as well. They believed in it because they were living proof of the validity that said only a spiritual awakening only a spiritual way of life could have arrested their alcoholism to the point where they could function. And they believed Thank it you, because Carly. they lived it. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harlan. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Tina S. Reva Pete. Katie B. Barbara E. Okay, let me just tell you who I heard because I did miss somebody. Tina S., Reva P., Katie B., Barbara E. Who did I miss? Nobody? Okay, we have room Jennifer for two H. more. With Jennifer, one more. Okay, we'll go with this lineup then. At Somebody G. Kamala E. Sorry, I didn't. Kamala E. Okay. All right. We have Tina S. Reva P. Katie B. Barbara E. Jennifer H. And Pamela E. Tina S. Please go ahead. Thanks so much, Lynn, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, uh, what a great couple paragraphs and and great share. Uh, Thanks so much. You know, uh, when I come to the rooms of uh, Overeaters Anonymous, you know, I came here skeptically. You know, I've come from another 12-step program. That's my experience strength and hope and and you know what I found was the same recovery and it and it's because of the foundation of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous you know and I love that it was shared that you know it says here and it was Bill and thank you Harlan for the you know history I really uh love that and, and he acquired some ideas and and he said and, and that is the you know the tenets of the of the Oxford group and, but he put them in practical application at once 
You know, he didn't wait to see. He said at once, you know, and again, he requested to, you know, give this thing to others, which they say, you know, if I don't give it away, I'm not going to keep it. You know, what he had been so freely given, you know, he gave, you know, and it says for the, and he did this with the entire absence of profit motive. You know, it says in the book for fun and for free. When I got here and I read that, I thought, oh, really for fun and for free. And today I really believe this for fun and for free, you know, and, a lot of it is for my freedom, you know, and, and I don't charge for this stuff for sure. But, you know, and, and it says, you know, I love that it talks about, you know, that they believe in themselves, which is wonderful, you know, but still more in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics from the gates of death. And the only way I can access that power is through the 12 steps. You know, I've tried it many, many other ways. That's my experience, you know. And last house on the block... Only did it because, you know, back against the wall, shit was hitting the fan. All that kind of stuff was I willing to do something different, to really follow the people that were demonstrating, that were putting into practical application this stuff, showing me what to do one day at a time. So I, you know, not only sat by them because I thought if I could sit next to you in a meeting, then certainly I would get it, you know, but I did what they did, you know, and, you know, initially, not so enthusiastically, but today, you know, I love what I continue to get. I love one day at a time, not having to eat compulsively or to have any. You know, we lost you. Okay, we seem to have lost Tina S. Reva P., good morning. I'm right here. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that, you know, today I I am free from the compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and I can participate in my life and don't have to live in my head. And with that, I'll pass. Great stuff. Thank you, Tina S. Okay, good morning, Reba P. Good morning. Hi, this is Reba P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. What strikes me in these paragraphs is the uh, phrase gates of death. I knew it was a physical death when I was binging uncontrollably. I knew my body was dying. Um, So thank you, God, for Dr. Silkworth and the discovery of the fact that we have a physical allergy because um, putting down my alcoholic foods addressed that kind of death. But, you know, there's another death In abstinence, in abstinence, if I don't work the steps and I don't address the mental twist, I can still live the bedevilments. I can still have trouble with my emotional nature, trouble with personal relationships, be a prey to misery and depression. Um, So this idea that Bill put into practical application addresses that. Um, And I love this um, also concept that I can have ideas. I can know about all the concepts in the big book. I can know the history. But if I don't put them into practical application, I don't get any results. Um, And when did he put them into practical application? At once. When I am disturbed, do I put step 10, 11, 12 into practical application at once? Um, when I'm resentful, do I do the step work at once? Um, and then what happens when I put things into practice at once? We get pulled from the gates of death. And that reminds me, I don't make this stuff happen. I don't 
relieve myself of fear and resentment because I'm doing 20,000 affirmations. Um, I get pulled out so it happens to me as a result of working the steps, putting it into practical application at once. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Katie B., it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Please go ahead, Katie. Press star one to unmute, Katie. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Hi, good morning. My name is Katie B. Um, I looked at this paragraph today, um, and I saw so many things jump out at me that I, I hadn't seen before. And the big ones were unselfish, uh, community spirit, uh, the belief in themselves, and the belief in a higher power. And the fact that these men, these patients, were unselfish is so striking because my problem is my selfishness. It always has been. Uh, as well as my lack of community spirit. I wanted to be alone. I wanted you all to leave me alone, and I wanted to be with food, and that's all I wanted. And the fact that today, through these steps and through recovery, that is not who I am is a miracle. It's, I, there's no other way to describe it, and I have so much gratitude for that, uh, that that I don't feel completely wrapped up in myself at every moment, that I have the ability to share this message with other people, and, the, and, and not only the ability and the willingness, but I want to do it. It is a pleasure. Uh, it is a pleasure to give back. Um, and also just the belief in, in themselves and belief in a higher power. When I was in my disease, I didn't believe in myself. I certainly didn't believe in God. Um, and again, that's a miracle of these steps. I, I believed that I was going to die uh, miserable and in the food um, and only thinking about myself. And these words in this paragraph just jump out at me and remind me of the gift of this program. And I just feel very grateful this morning, and I wanted to share that. And just thank you, everybody, for your service, and I wish you all a beautiful day. And I'll pass. Thank you, Katie B. Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Jennifer H. Please go ahead, Barbara. Thank you so much, and good morning, everyone. Happy August. Well, being asked to set aside everything I thought I knew was hard. I've been doing this dieting thing on my own for so long. I certainly fancied myself an expert, but to be honest, I'd had very little positive effect. Food was my solution. Food was my drug of choice. Food was my drug of no choice. When I took a bite of my special foods, they always took a bite out of me. I ate to celebrate. I ate to medicate myself when I was feeling bored, depressed, or resentful. I even ate for no reason at all. Or if you asked me why I ate so much, then I was off again on that carousel of horrors that I like to speak about. I couldn't stop. Some form of spiritual experience seemed to be necessary if I was to recover, but food was my solution, and that got me exactly where I, back where I started. 
I couldn't fix a broken brain with a broken brain. And my brain was certainly broken. But when I heard other people at my first OA meeting telling what seemed to be my story, and they seemed to have been recovered, and they seemed happy and sane, I felt a flicker of hope that this program could work for me. It could be my solution. Um, And I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe Dr. Young said, when a change needs to occur, someone will appear on the other side of the abyss and offer a, a helping hand. And that's what I came into OA, and that's what I learned I had to do. When I got through the steps, and they're laid out in perfect order, I turned back to help another. And that's what keeps me from going back to the food. I lost the 100-plus pounds so many times before. But with the help of God and with the help of you, my fellows, my service, our unity, I'll go to bed recovered tonight and wait up, wake up abstinence again and saying before my breakfast, thank you, God, for this food. Let it nourish me, not activate my addiction. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Jennifer H., it's your turn, followed by Alice G. Please go ahead, Jennifer. Thank you. Hi, this is Jennifer H. in Virginia. And um, what's a couple things that stuck out to me this morning was, first, that he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell a story to other patients. And um, I um, recently started sponsoring, and it is a privilege to be able to talk to people at helps me um, to reread things that I've read before and to try to explain how I, what I understand them to mean. Um, it's just, it is such a privilege to, to walk through this with other people. And um, I can talk about my story and I can just talk about what I understand. And then also the other thing um, was the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. I've absolutely been a chronic compulsive overeater and um this last time when I was in relapse I was um getting ready or I had my second hip replacement and in during that recovery I was still binging and um even though I knew that was like the worst thing you could possibly do for that. Um but during this period of quarantine I've also become absent and I am so very, very grateful for abstinence and instead of sitting around eating I can move and I can talk and I can talk about program with people and I can ride a bicycle and enjoy God's beautiful world because of this his great power and I am very very grateful for that this morning and and for the fact that you know one guy just asked for the privilege to share his story with somebody else and here we are thank you very much I pass Thank you, Jennifer H. And Alice G., it's your turn, followed by Pamela E. Please go ahead, Alice. Good morning, Alice G. in Wisconsin. Grateful to be with you all and grateful to be abstinent and clear-minded today. I, um, I love that paragraph in the last sentence where it says they believe in themselves and still more in a power greater than themselves that pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. 
And I know that um, I hung around here for a long time and didn't use the tools, just kept trying of my own will to get abstinent, um, looking for that magic wand, looking for that magical sponsor. And, um, you know, we've all tried all the diets and, and you know, crazy stuff, um, injecting pregnant women's urine and, you know, Epicac and all the craziness that goes with our obsession of the mind. And when I really... Um, seized hold of my God squad and my my God with skin on and got a hold of my tribe and started really buckling down and looking at what entire abstinence was for me um, and being able to put the food down, I could I could be brought back from the gates of insanity and death because it wasn't just the physical anymore for me it became the emotional it became the the part where I just didn't when I woke up in the morning I just didn't want to live anymore and I tortured myself and my family so um, sorry my dog's barking in the background but I just wanted to share with you guys today I love the hope that we get from this paragraph from this whole book um, and I love it that we're starting over in the book again so I hope you all have a great day Thank you for being here and for doing it with me. Thanks, Pass. Thank you, Alice G. Pamela E., it's your turn. Hi, thank you, Pamela E. here in California. Uh, can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy that you are on the line. God woke me up this morning at 2.30, and here I am. It's like, wow. This is powerful. This is beautiful, beautiful. And there are so many things in this paragraph that spoke out for me. One is that he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell a story. And everybody, I grow and learn from everyone who shares their experience, strength, and hope. And for myself, I, was, I just started doing a, a Bible study, and I haven't probably done one since the since the 90s, I was so fearful, and I got to think, you know, in OA, I get to share. My work life is a whole nother thing. My personal life is a whole nother thing. I can do things at work that I couldn't do things in my personal life. So I was able to be in the Bible study, and last night, um, it's so funny that we were, one of the things was the power, the power of God, where it's the power, and I got to share a little bit about my experience and being a food abuser and how a spiritual awakening happened that changed me because I had tried and failed so many times, so many diets, and it was only God that saved me. And, of course, with your voices, with the words of the big book, all of that came by. What did they say? A spiritual awakening of the intellectual variety. It was a slow, steady process, and I learned you know, so much. And, and during that Bible study, one of the women there said, I need to, I'd love to talk to you more because I think I have that problem. You never know where, where I'm going to be able to carry the message and to be fearless and to be willing. And the other thing, that power, which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. I was there. I was heading on that journey pre-diabetic toenail fungus and that I had had for, you know, the 
the toenail thing, I won't even say that word again, but like over a decade, and it was only through coming to OA and and having a balanced nutrition plan and not using abusing food that that went away. And the doctors never thought it would. That is a miracle in itself, you know. There's a power greater than myself. Grateful that I know that it's not me and grateful that you all are part of the voice of that power when you share your journey. So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to now have been on my knees during this pandemic, on my knees and realizing that I was searching again that I was still trying to figure out, even though I found out like six years ago or seven years ago what my alcoholic foods were, I was trying to figure out a way to fit them back in, like that was going to bring some kind of balance. And, you know, I'm a weigher and measure, and I love you guys. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Pamela E. So if for those of us who came on the line a little bit later, we are on the doctor's opinion on page XXVII, six paragraph down many years ago, reading through two paragraphs ending with the gates of death. So the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have a turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Nancy T. T. Sarah B. Michelle M. I heard Nancy T. Sorry, Nancy, somebody T. Sarah B. and somebody M. Who did I miss, please? Michelle M. Okay. Who else would like to share? Dory couldn't hear you. Naomi B. Okay. Lauren M. All right, so far we have Nancy, Sarah B, Michelle M, Naomi B, and Lauren N. Let's go with that lineup. Nancy, would you like to start us off, and could we have the initial of your last name, please? Sure, it's Nancy P, as in one-trick pony. Um, so, I, you know, I, as I was reading, as I was rather listening to everybody share, and I, I'm looking at my book with all my notes in it, I um, was struck by several things, um, again, struck by several things. First of all, most of the doctor's opinion doesn't talk about um, drinking. It talks about helping other people. And I think that you know, the doctor was struck by Bill's desire to help other people. And, you know, I have it right here in my notes, requesting the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients here and with some misgiving we consented. You know, again, there's step 12. It's so, so important. And others have shared about practical application at once, so we don't have to wait. In fact, my sponsor kicked me out of the nest immediately as soon as I was done with step 12 and, you know, said that I had to sponsor other people. But what I want to share about in particular from my experience is, um, when I made that fateful phone call to my friend after I had just, you know, eaten a dozen donuts in my car and I was sobbing 
you know, convinced, you know, that I was never going to get better. I just saw my whole life going in front of me like that. I was really punch drunk. I mean, that was my surrender. But I was sort of staggering around mentally, staggering around saying, where am I? What do I do? I didn't know what to do. And um, I really believe that, um, you know, when it says this power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death, that wasn't really me surrendering. That was my higher power saying, I think she's had enough. I think I'm going to put her in a place where she can get better. Because truly, left to my own devices, I was absolutely going to pick the thing that didn't work. And I have the data to prove it because I spent from 1971 until 2017, excuse me, not doing what this book says. Even in the times when I wasn't eating actively, compulsively overeating, I was still in relapse because what is relapse? Up and down and up and down. So I basically lived my entire life in OA in relapse until I surrendered by the grace of my higher power, who I choose not to call God, but, um, and I get to choose myself. And, and I was placed in a position um, where, I could, where it was palatable to me, where I, could, where I could take the simple kit of tools laid at my feet and I can apply them to my life. And in fact, you know, it says freely given, you know, it talks about what's been so freely given to me. I I consumed it all voraciously, you know, like a good book. I, I read it all, you know, like I read a good book over, I read good books overnight. I couldn't put them down. This, I was completely devoted to this process, completely devoted to my sponsor. Whatever she said to do, I did it right away and as hard as I could without argument. And um, And I got better. And when it was time for, when she kicked me out and said, okay, that tomorrow morning, I want to hear you, um, you know, on the line to volunteer to sponsor, you know, I was sort of not sure. And I was like, I have a better idea. Let's go through it again like a cycle. And she laughed in my face and she said, no, that's a terrible idea. And just to make sure I got the message, somebody called me the next day and said that they had heard from her that I was available to sponsor. And that was it. And since then, that was three, almost three years ago, I'll finish, wrap up. And almost three years ago, I give it away as fast as I can, hand over fist. And I haven't picked up. I don't know what could be better than that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Sarah B., you're up, followed by Kim T. Good morning, Sarah. Hi, um, this is Sarah B. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Hi, um, I'm Sarah B. I'm a compulsive overeater um, in recovery. Um, I'm just so grateful to be here. This meeting has been my morning for a while now, and I just am grateful for everyone's service. Um, uh, I love this part of the big book, um, and I'm so excited to start helping others um, relatively new to the program. I've only been in OA working the steps since, since uh, February of this year, but I found a miraculous recovery um, that I could not have imagined. Um, did everything, you know, mentally possible to um, conquer <laughs> something that I felt was uh, conquerable, um, and I became an expert on everything nutrition-based, and I uh, read everything and went to the classes, and um, and in the end, um, it was uh, a group of people I barely knew and my higher power who convinced me that uh, that my weakness was going to make make me or break me. Um, I was willing to give up my health. I had. <laughs> advanced kidney disease, uh, 
I was a brittle diabetic. I was 150 pounds overweight. I everything was wrong, and um, and this program like overnight, um, I didn't have that compulsion anymore, and I'm I will never be able to express my gratitude for that. And um, I guess that's all I wanted to share this morning. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Sarah B. Kim T., it's your turn, followed by Michelle M. Please go ahead, Kim. Good morning. This is Kim T. in Denver. Recovered. Um, Some of the things, what I wanted to talk about was already touched on, but nevertheless, I'll go forward with it. Thank you all for your service, first of all. Thank you for Harlan getting us started with the incredible history and profound history of our 12-step programs. Um, He requested the privilege of being allowed, and that word I underlined, and thank you that my sponsor, when we went through this and continue to go through the book, um, suggested I underline, I highlight different phrases and words, and um, that was one of them. And privilege, I just looked up, that word means permission, benefit, opportunity, favor, and it's a benefit to me when I share with others. It is a benefit. And when I get twisted around the axle and get cranky and think, oh, I'm just tired of doing this work or tired of doing calling people, um, I'll remember that word. That word has come to mind so often since I recovered. It is a privilege, Kim. I've been in and out of OA for 40 years. It is a privilege that I am recovered. It is a privilege I get to make calls. It's a privilege I get to speak on this line. It's a privilege I get to participate in intergroup and on and on and on. And when I start getting cranky and think I should have other things or fame and glory or whatever is going on in my head, that word has just been profound for me. It's it's kind of a funny word to to have stuck almost in my in my brain, but it, God knows what I needed, and that word has come up so often, um, so that has been huge for me, and then finally, the, the, the last part of that paragraph, the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of, de- of death. I wasn't dying medically, although probably I was, but I was more insane than I had ever been in my life when I came back into these rooms last October. And I certainly wanted to die, and I certainly was thinking of the ways to do it on my own. And that power, which honestly I thought I believed in, I grew up with the faith, I thought I had a faith, I thought I believed in God, but that God many times was so inaccessible to me. And that power brought me back to the room, brought me back to the steps, connected me with a sponsor, and continues to connect and help me when I reach out. And truly, I believe that power has pulled me back from the gates of death and insanity. Thank you. Thank you, Kim T. Michelle M., it's your turn, followed by Naomi B. Good morning, Michelle.
Good morning. This is Michelle M. in Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, what I want to say is this was not Bill's first rodeo, and it's not my first rodeo. But the concept of the alcoholic needs to be relieved of his craving for liquor, um, and that you need to find your spiritual concept of a higher power, and then help other people. Wait a second. Did I say stop? Did I say stop eating foods that for decades have been comfort to me when I was afraid, happiness for me when I was overjoyed, uh, when I was desperate, food was the only thing I had because I was deep in isolation? Yeah, I did. But it's okay. You know, those of us who are on these lines, we're not here because this is the first time we're thinking about trying to quit. And what's my experience? When I quit using the foods, that caused me to crave, I then worked as if my hair was on fire, as I've heard before, the steps that are clearly laid out for me. I've had a miracle in my life. I don't wake up every morning afraid to get out of bed. I don't wake up thinking about what screwed up relationship I've got or who was rude to me the other day that I'm seething over. I look forward to my day, but the beginning of it was putting down the food and then working through, um, as it's been outlined in this book, what to do. With those steps, I'm getting better. And all I can say is, people, please have courage. Please have courage to stop doing what's killing us, if you're one of us, and find that there's a new way and a new freedom. And with that, I pass. And good morning, everybody. Thank you, Michelle M. Naomi B., it's your turn, followed by Lauren M. Please go ahead, Naomi. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you for your service, my friend. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Um, This is powerful, absolutely. He acquired some ideas which he put into practical application at once. Um, This big book was cracked open for me. Thankfully, I was not in OA that long before I, so I wasn't, indoctrinated and always thinking not that there's anything wrong with it don't get me wrong please but i received a gift in april of 2013 by a a dear friend where the big book was cracked open and like the truth came pouring out it was amazing that i wasn't a rotten miserable person because i couldn't stop eating i didn't know what i didn't know down here, they believe in themselves and still more in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. Well, as it was so beautifully said, physically I was okay, but I was I was spiritually dead. I mean, I believed in God, but um, not when it came to the food. The food was my God, lowercase g. And yet, you know, it just living this living this program each day, working the steps each day. Yes, I too became a sponsor. Not at first because I was unsure of myself because that's what I was of my life. I was unsure. The the acceptance had to come in, the um self assurance had to come in and in doing so then I started to sponsor because I was ready. And thank you God, I no longer at the gates of death. And I'm free, only by God's grace and mercy, which is also so beautifully said on this meeting. That, um, but it's just for today, because that's all I have, just for today. God, I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I just have to wait and see on that. 
But, you know, it just, the unselfishness of giving it away, or someone will call me and give me a 10-step, or I'll call someone to give them my 10-step. It's just an amazing program. And, you know, regardless of what happened, the food never entered into it. I keep thinking back to the day of uh, the funeral on the 26th, the 26th or 27th of 2019, at my brother's funeral. I mean, I sat there with a glass of water. There was all kinds of food and my binge foods and everything all around. And I was dying inside because I just lost my precious brother. But I was free. I could sit there with a glass of water thinking, there's no food that would have filled that hole, that's for sure. But God was there. He was there protecting me. And um, thank you. We're still on the journey together. So thank you for allowing me to share, and thank you, my family, for being there for me. I really appreciate it. Be safe. Thank you. Thank you, Naomi B. And Lauren N., it's your turn. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, all. This is Lauren N., Visionaries. You are my home. Um. I hope you all have a fabulous day. I know I have had a fabulous couple of days. Thank you for being in this. Um, I'm so grateful that we're back in the doctor's opinion. I get to learn so much when I listen here. Um, I was pulled back from the gates of death with, with this program. All I can say is being 140 pounds heavier, having diabetes, having numbness in my feet, numbness in my bladder because of all, because of diabetes and all the weight I had, um, doing, doing over and over and over again, going back to the same place, having size 32 to size 18 in my closet and knowing that even though I had just had my second bariatric surgery, I was going right back there again. I was down into a size 18, but I knew I wasn't staying there. And I came crawling into this program. And oh my God, you guys saved my life. Saved my life. The end of this month, I will have been sugar-free for four full years. And how could I imagine that? I'm wearing a size 8 now. I never, ever imagined that. Size 8, and I've kept it off. I'm amazed. I was an obese child. I've been an obese adult. I've lost hundreds of pounds over and over again. I've gained it all back, and now I have hope that today, this will be the last time I will do it. I will never have to go through this pain again. Thank you all for being here and for being my higher power sometimes when I need it. I am so grateful for this program. Thank you and I pass. Thank you, Lauren N. We have time for one or two more shares. Who would like that time? Pauline T, Long Island, New York. Karen K. Okay, that's great. Thank you. I heard Elaine T. and Karen K. Please go ahead, Elaine. It's Pauline T. Thank you. Pauline T., I'm a recovered um, compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. Um, I never did reach the gates of death. 
I was on my way. Um, I had, I've had 47 years in AA, 46 in OA. And in the past two years, I was in relapse. Coming into this program in the beginning, I never had a lot of weight, but I was a carboholic. That was all I ate were carbs. And I was mentally reaching that point of dying. Actually, I think I had died. That old person was completely dead. And I needed to find something to be able to continue to walk in a physical body. Um, what I'm hearing now in, in the rooms is... Um, that I don't have to go that route anymore. I don't have to completely die. Um, I'm living. I feel the privilege of being able to walk down to the bay, down to the boathouse of a beautiful village here. And I think to myself, look what I've been given. Not everyone can sit and see the sunrise. Not everyone has the peacefulness of a safe environment. Um, I'm very grateful for every day. There isn't a moment that everything I do, I find a blessing in. And the biggest blessing has been this program. So I thank God and I pass. Thank you, Pauline T. And Karen Kay, you'll be our last share this morning. Please go ahead, Karen. Good morning. Um, I'm a recovered uh, compulsive eater. My name is Karen Kay in Syracuse, New York, and my credits don't transfer. Um, I remember when I was uh, getting ready to do my um, fifth step with my sponsor, and I knew that God was tugging at my heart to tell her my story. Um, it was just so important that, you know, God just revealed to me Tell her your story, and it says right here in in the big book that um, I'm I know I'm no Bill W, uh, but he knew he had to tell a story, and the people that um, that God's put in my life today, you know, I asked them six si simple questions, and the last question is, are you willing to share this program with others? And I'm so blessed that. Um, I have women in my life that want this program more than anything and if their life depended on it. And I'm so grateful for this Vision for You meeting. My life is turned upside down in a good way. And I was blessed with abstinence by day two in program. And I, that wasn't me. It, it, was, it was all God. It was all God. Um, and I know I could tell you, I, I really don't know how I got on this meeting. I believe it was uh, Lauren from another meeting, and somehow I got her phone number, and I called her one morning. And that's how this program works, is when I get out of the way and let God run my life. And with that, I'll pass, and I'm so grateful for this meeting. Thank you, Karen Kay. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to our wonderful Wednesday workforce. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, August the 5th, 
is 15104. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Wendy M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning, Lynn. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit yourself, admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.